Three-year-old Bernice was a little girl who lived in an apartment block with her mother, Maureen. She loved to dance and sing, and her mother would proudly record her achievements and fun on her phone. She was such a loving little girl who loved cuddles from her mummy and her relatives, and she was also very talented. She played the piano at such a young age, and was even asked to play at the church where she attended with her mother. They were very active members of the church, where they met many friends. Maureen had met a friend, Zahara, who also had a three-year-old little girl named Samara, and they played so well together. On the 6th of March, Maureen had contacted Zahara to ask if she could babysit Bernice overnight. Zahara agreed. Anything to help her friend. Why don't we let the girls just have a little sleepover together? I'm sure it will be fine. We live in the same apartment block, so if there's any problems, you can always come up to see us. So it was set. On the 7th of March, 2021, Maureen walked her little Bernice around to Zahara's apartment. They were greeted at the door and instantly the little girls were excited, running around and singing, dancing, reading books and playing with toys. After an evening meal, chill out time and then bed, the girls fell asleep together but they had no idea what was in store for them the following day when they woke up early. Zahara prepared cereal for the girls. Again, the girls sat together crunching on their morning cereal when suddenly little Bernice started to become sick. She started with severe stomach pains and then vomiting and diarrhoea. We had to remember that three years of age, it was very difficult for her to express how she felt exactly, but she was pointing at her stomach. It seemed that her own daughter, Samara, was okay at this point. So what had started this? Maybe a tummy bug. Sahara treated Bernice like her own daughter, taking her to the bathroom, trying to clean her up, trying to help in any way she could. But it seemed that the illness was not getting any better. If anything, Bernice was becoming more ill as the minutes ticked by. Sahara decided to call her friend Maureen and explained what happened, saying that Bernice had become sick or had some kind of reaction following breakfast. So she explained that it was probably best if she came and picked her up. She'd done everything she could. Maureen rushed up to Zahara's apartment. Bernice had never been sick before. Maybe she had a bug. But as Maureen entered Zahara's apartment, she saw the concerned look on Zahara's face, racing past her to get to her baby. Bernice, I'm here, I'm here, she said as she approached her little girl. Bernice was lying limp in the chair. Maureen looked at her daughter. She was barely breathing. She was so weak and she couldn't even lift her head. Her mother checked her mouth, which seemed to be grey in colour. She squeezed her middle finger to see if she had good circulation, but there was nothing. Maureen shouted to Zahara to call 911. But for some reason, the operator put them in contact with a telehealth nurse in Ontario. She advised Maureen to take Bernice to the closest hospital. Bernice was rushed to Michael Garron Hospital and immediately placed on oxygen due to her colour. Bernice's little friend Samara was also rushed to hospital after she started to become sick too. The doctors could see how sick Bernice was and life-saving measures were attempted. But after a seizure and two heart attacks. At three years of age, Bernice died at 2.16pm. Bernice was pronounced dead exactly one week after her third birthday, while Bernice's little friend Samara recovered after a four-day stay in hospital 
She was discharged and sent home. Sahara felt terrible. She still had no idea what had made the children so sick and all she could tell the doctors was that they had eaten breakfast and then become ill. Mother wanted answers. How could this happen? What did Zahara give her and why was her daughter okay to survive and Bernice didn't? She rang trying to get answers as to what happened to Bernice but the authorities would make her wait months to find out. Not only that, Zahara's daughter was still alive, but Maureen's was not. And it was her home that it had happened in. It certainly didn't look good and everyone wanted an explanation. Due to the fact two children had both become sick, authorities felt that there was a concern. Not only that, but further tests had to be carried out to find out exactly what it was that Benita died of. After a post-mortem examination was carried out, it was revealed to authorities that they had both ingested something that certainly should not have been in their system, an acute nitrate toxicity. Police became involved and a case of homicide was open for Bernice as well as an attempted homicide for Samir. Sometime late after a thorough investigation, police said that they had a suspect identified as Toronto resident Francis Nagari. He had been taken into custody in connection with the investigation and he'd been charged with two counts of administering a nitrous substance to endanger life, two counts of unlawfully causing bodily harm and criminal negligence causing death. But who was this man? Francis Nagari was a friend of Zahara's. She had also called him at the time the girls were rushed to hospital and he had rushed home from work that day and attended the hospital to comfort Zahara. When Francis Nagari first spoke to police, he denied any knowledge or involvement of how the children became ill, stating that he had been at work since 5am and they discovered that this had been correct. Later, police asked Francis Nagari whether the Griffiths Foods Company, where he worked, had used this chemical. He stated that he wasn't aware that they used it, but that was a lie. Francis Nagari was born in 1976 in Kenya, where he ran his own logistics company for about 10 years. He came from a very supportive family who cared deeply for him, and a sister who was already living in Toronto as a Canadian citizen. Francis wanted to see his sister again, and speaking to her made him realise that the opportunities and outlook may be better abroad, so he decided to follow his sister to Canada. He initially came to Toronto as a refugee from Kenya, where he faced persecution for being bisexual and said, including being attacked on the street and beaten, that he had come to Canada in hopes that he could be himself without fears of violence. Francis eventually moved to Canada. He met Zahara at an adult learning school in 2019. They'd got on really well. They'd both immigrated to Canada as refugee claimants. Sahara from Tanzania and Francis from Kenya. Sahara had left her husband and daughter back in Tanzania and they were to join her later. But whilst alone in a foreign country, Francis and Sahara were at one time involved in a romantic relationship. This had happened back in 2020. Although her husband and older daughter planned to eventually join her in Canada, Zahara lived in Canada with her youngest daughter. But Francis was used to having Zahara all to himself. He didn't want her husband coming over. 
As time went on, Zahara started to rebuff Francis's advancements. Please stop, Francis. I want to be your friend, but this cannot continue, which made him want her even more. Any opportunity he had just to be her friend, to be in her company, he took. But really, his motives were more. And continued advances were starting to wear thin. She didn't want to make him angry or sad. She didn't want to upset anyone. But she felt smothered and frustrated by him. Francis then started to become obsessive and jealous with his fixation on Zahara. He wanted to know what she was doing and where she was going. He became obsessed and controlling. He purchased a covert audio recorder that he managed to hide in Zahara's bedroom. Her privacy was completely shattered. He recorded many of her private interactions or conversations without her knowing a thing. Francis Nagari also contacted Zahara's husband over WhatsApp and told him that they were both in love with the same woman. He continued his relentless pursuit of Zahara, even at one point contacting the Tanzania embassy to report her husband was an immigrant living under a false identity. No one can ever love Zahara as much as I do, he insisted. Francis Nagari continually told Zahara that he loved her and Samara and wanted them to be a family. He assured her that he'd read the Quran and divorce was acceptable. Anything he possibly could to change her mind and fall in love with him, fall into his arms. But Zahara rejected his proposals again and again, making Francis more and more angry. He wanted her and no one else could have her. After more than six months of repeatedly unwanted advances, Francis was now angrier than ever with a terribly bruised ego as he hatched a plan that would go terribly wrong. Francis Nagari worked at a meatpacking company and was even promoted to sanitarian lead at the Griffiths Foods. He worked hard and people could see that. During his time, there was an incident that occurred where he was asked to clean up two broken 25 kilo bags of sodium nitrate which were used to preserve the meat. Sodium nitrate and nitrates are added to processed and cured meats at factories to preserve their shelf life, give them flavour and make them more pink in colour, looking fresher. He was advised by his supervisor to wear protective clothing, which included a white suit, goggles, gloves and a mask. His supervisor stated, Francis, if you ingest less than half a teaspoon of this, you will be dead. It will kill someone within an hour. Be careful. Thinking about this and his situation, Francis made the terrible decision to steal a quantity of this toxic, colourless chemical and hatched his diabolical plan. So he stole a lethal amount of the meat-curing chemical sodium nitrate from the Scarborough food processing plant where he worked. Then when he was next in Zahara's apartment, sometime between late February and early March, he decided to mix it in with Zahara's favourite cereal in the pantry at her home. The idea was to add some lethal poison to her breakfast cereal, hoping she would be his main target. He was becoming more obsessed with her, so in May, Zahara finally broke it off for good. A month later, the man she'd rebuffed was arrested for murder. 
On the 19th of June, Francis Nagari was arrested and charged with two counts of administering a nitrous substance to endanger life, two counts of unlawfully causing bodily harm and criminal negligence causing death. Those charges were upgraded to attempted murder and murder less than two weeks later. He had been at Zahara's apartment on the 6th of March 2021 when her neighbour Maureen had asked her to babysit Bernice overnight. But despite knowing that two toddlers were going to be in the home, Francis didn't remove the deadly substance from the jar. He knew what he was doing that night, especially since she had made it clear she did not want to be with him. At 5am the next morning, Francis left for work and Zahara innocently fed the two girls the poisoned cereal for breakfast. The statement of facts read that he had a recording device in her room, took pictures of her official documents and reported Zahara's husband in Tanzania to Canadian immigration authorities. He stalked her, obsessed over her and now wanted retribution. Bernice's cause of death, which was not revealed to Bernice's mother for weeks after the child's death, was a deprivation of oxygen to the body's cells due to this chemical. The company where Francis worked said, first and foremost, our deepest sympathies, thoughts and prayers are with Bernice's mother and the families affected by this horrific tragedy. The spokesperson said that Francis Nagari had been placed on an unpaid leave of absence since being charged and has now been terminated from the company effective immediately, adding that the company intends to cooperate fully with the investigation. Maureen says she still can't understand why Francis, who attended the hospital with them that day, didn't tell the doctors what chemical they had ingested to help save her life. How could he do that and endanger someone's life? In his written statement, was read aloud to the court, Francis said he realised he had robbed Maureen of all the joy and was truly sorry. But why would he do this? Why didn't he say at the hospital that there was something wrong? Please save the kids. Maureen said, I demand unconditional justice for Bernice. Rest in peace until we meet again, my angel. My everything, she said. Her mother stated that this was causing her a lot of pain in life. I'm affected emotionally and financially. I would have finished school years ago. I cannot concentrate in class or at work. I'm completely traumatised. I've lost trust in everyone around me, she said. As Maureen's statement was read, Francis looked at the floor in silence. Francis, 47, pleaded guilty to second-degree murder in the death of three-year-old Bernice. He also entered a plea of guilty in the attempted murder of three-year-old Samara. Francis Nagari's actions against the family of a woman who rejected him amount to an enormous breach of trust. There were no words that could be said to undo what he had done. He said, I took the life of an angel, Bernice, and for that I am truly sorry. After his sentence, Mr Nagari is likely to be, to be deported back to Kenya, lawyers said. The judge hearing the case said, she would decide on sentencing. And then, when they came back to court, the Toronto mother of the toddler who died after her cereal was intentionally poisoned with a deadly chemical said in a victim impact statement 
that she was racked with pain and questions still about what happened. The statement by Maureen came as both Crown and Defence lawyers presented a joint submission to sentence Francis Nagari to life with 17 years before he can apply for parole after he pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and attempted murder beneath his little friend. This is just a truly heartbreaking case and my prayers go out to anyone who's been affected by this terrible crime and I'm glad that he got 17 years in prison but I don't think he should ever be allowed parole. He knew what he was doing. He never said a word at the hospital when they wanted to know what was wrong with the children. The woman that he loved's daughter could have died. Maureen's child died and she will never ever get that time back. I think that Francis Nagari deserves 17 years in prison. He knew what he was doing and his greed and ego completely took over. And when Zahara didn't want him anymore, he wanted retribution. He wanted payback. What type of person is that?